0: Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the word together.
1: Today it would be like $480, but that's a whole nother story. We won't go there. So I'm like, I'm I'm putting the I'm looking, I'm thinking, that is weird. How did that happen? I know. And I'm thinking, what happened? So I'm looking at the gas cage and look, I'm dyslexic. Sometimes I, I get things mixed up backwards. It was really, truly, it, I had over three quarters of a tank. <laughs> but somehow in my twisted mind, I just thought it was less than a quarter of a tank. And then I thought, wait a second, I've never done that in my life. I mean, I'm dyslexic, I cross things up, but I've never done that in my entire life. And I'm thinking, God, that was you, because Vern needed extra prayer, and he needed to know that he, you heard his prayer. That's how much you love him. So I turned around right away to tell Vern, because I wanted to encourage him, right? He's on, listen to this, he's on the phone with his mother, telling him, I just prayed with the pastor, Mom, I committed myself back to Christ, I've, I'm separating myself to the Lord. And so I told him about the whole thing with the, 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 the gas gauge, and he was like, no way. <laughs> And I said, that's how much God loves you, to use a, a twisted-minded pastor like me. <laughs> <laughs> Paul the Apostle tells us in 2 Corinthians 6, 14, do not be unequally yoked together with who? Unbelievers. Unbelievers. you see, we're in this world, but we're not of this world. We're not to be one with. Uh, yoked with somebody means you're, you're becoming one with that person. We're not to be one with the world and the, the people in this world, with unbelievers. Don't be unequally yoked. You're not to, if you're single, you're not to marry an unbeliever. Why? Because that yoke, you're going to be yoked with someone that doesn't love the Lord. You're going to be one with that. Don't do that. For what fellowship has righteousness with? Lawlessness. Lawlessness. And what communion has light with? Darkness. And what accord has Christ with? Baal. Baal. Or what part of a believer? Excuse me, let me do that again. Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? Listen to this: For you are. Can we say that together? The temple of the. You're the temple of the living God, as a believer. In other words, the temple was destroyed, and God says, "We're the temple." You and I, as believers in Jesus Christ, were the te- were the kebab, where the glory of God was in the temple, where, where they would go, the Jewish people would go and travel sometimes from far away just to be there at the temple. Now, as believers, we are the temple of the living God. So we're, we're to come out from the world, we're to be separate. We're not to be like the world. It, it drives me crazy when people are trying to, let's be like the world. Let's do music just like them. No, no, no. How about this? We have the spirit of the living God in us. Why don't we be the trendsetters? Seriously. We serve a creative God, right? He's very creative. We should be a lot more creative than the world. But yet so many times we want to imitate. We want to be like them. And we want to see like, oh, yeah, we can relate with you. When really we said, no, I can't relate with that. I, you know what? I've come out of that. That was empty. That was lonely. That was depressing. That was terrible. But now my life is in crisis. So much better than that. For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell with them. And can we say that? Walk among them. Think of that. Think of the fact the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit, not only lives in us, but he walks among us. The word for, for, the, for the, the Holy Spirit is the, the Greek word is paracletus, the one who comes alongside of. He, he walks with us. He's with us each and every day. He's, he's there among us. He's walking with us. And I will be their God and they shall be what? My people. Therefore, can we say that? Come out from among them and be what? Separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unholy and I will receive you and I will be a... Father to you, we have such a good Father in heaven. And you shall be my sons and? Says the Lord Almighty. What a great reminder today. Maybe there's something you need to separate yourself from. I would encourage you, give it to the Lord. Maybe there's something in your life that takes hold of your life. Give it to the Lord. Whatever it is in your life that's keeping you from a full relationship with God, can I encourage you, turn from it, give it to him. And you might say, Pastor, you don't understand. I've tried. I've tried to stop this. No, 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 I'm not asking you to stop it. I'm asking you just to agree. That's what confession is. Agree with God that it's wrong. And say, God, you say it's wrong. I'm not going to make up any excuses anymore. Set me free from this, Lord God, that I can have a full relationship with you. Listen to this and say this prayer. Maybe this is for you today. And just say this prayer on your own. I separate myself to you today. It's very simple. And be what? Separate. I separate myself to you today. I totally give you my life. You see, even repentance, and a lot of times as pastors, we say repentance means to turn. But really, the root of that word means to have a change of mind. You know that? That's what it really means. Repentance means a change of mind. You see, because sometimes we can, if we look at repentance as totally, it's, it's me. I'm going to turn from these things. It's almost like we have to be careful. It's not like, I'm going to do this, Lord. I'm going to stop doing this. No, 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 no. You can't stop doing that. It's sin. You need the power of the Holy Spirit in your life to free you from that sin. Are you following me? So it's a change of mind. It's, it's, it's not making excuses for, for what sin is. So if you make excuses, well, you know, this is why I do this, and well, you know, and whatever excuses you make, if you keep making excuses that you're not going to be set free. But you say, Lord, I agree with you. It's sin. Set me free. And I separate myself to you. You might have to do that today, because that's what the word is encouraging us to do. That might be you. But you know there's a blessing when you separate yourself to God? There's a blessing that comes. And don't get me wrong. The more you separate yourself from God, there's going to be opposition, there's going to be persecution. People might get upset at you, they might hate you, they might argue a lot with you, but that's not what I'm talking, I'm talking about. There's a, a spiritual blessing that's that's attached to when you really separate yourself to the Lord. Growing up in my school years, I was raised with my grandparents quite a bit off and on with my grandparents. I loved living with my grandparents. They couldn't help themselves but to, to spoil the grandkids. My grandmother, she, when I would, just about every time I'd leave the house and go somewhere, she would stop me and she'd say, do you have any money in your wallet or in your pocket? And sometimes, you know, I'd look, you know, sometimes I didn't want her because I knew she was going to give me money. And so if I didn't have money, I couldn't lie to her. She said, Oh not lie to me. I said, no, I don't have, she'd always give me like $20. She said, don't tell anybody. <laughs> and I have to say this, our, our family, my grandfather worked for the gas company. They didn't have a lot of money. But yet they couldn't help themselves to bless their kids, their grandkids. They, they, they couldn't help it. My grandfather, wherever I went with him, he would, I used to love going to the grocery store because across from the grocery store was the frozen custard place. Oh. And I knew after we got our groceries, that's where we were going. And again, my grandfather, he just couldn't help. He loved his grandkids. He couldn't help himself to bless his grandkids. And, and so... I look at that and I see with our Heavenly Father, God blesses those that are separate to him. Spiritually speaking, he, there's a blessing attached. He, he empowers us. He fills us with love. He fills us with peace. He fills us with joy. He, we have all the spiritual. The Bible tells us every spiritual blessing. We don't lack any spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. As a matter of fact, I, I love what we read in 2 Timothy 1.8. Now, this gives us a good contrast between what happens with the blessings of the Lord. Check this out. This really blessed me, and I pray it blesses you. It says, therefore, do not be ashamed of the, can we say this together, testimonies of the Lord. That's talking about Christ, the testimonies of Christ. Don't be ashamed of that. Nor of me, his prisoner. Paul the Apostle was writing this to Timothy, young Timothy. He was in prison. He said, don't be ashamed of that. Why? He goes on to say, but share with me in the sufferings. You might say, wait, wait, pastor, I thought you said blessings. No, well, keep with me. Don't miss it. But share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the, can we say that together? Power of God. In other words, Paul is saying, yeah, you know what? I'm going through difficult times, but I'm experiencing such power of God in my life. I'm blessed spiritually. Yeah, you'll suffer persecution and people might get mad at you, but guess what? The closer you are to him, the more blessed you are. I think of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace, a fiery time. Uh, Who is in there with them? Jesus, the Son of God. Remember, Nebuchadnezzar even had to call them out hey, guys, come on out. I suggest they didn't want to come out. They're like, we're with him. See, when we get to heaven, if I'm wrong or not, I think Jesus probably said, go ahead, go with them, go on, because they probably wanted to hang out with Jesus. They're like, this is great, according to the power of God. Now, listen to this. It even gets better. Who has, what, saved us and called us? Do you know that when he saves you, he calls you, calls us with what? A holy calling. Do you know you have a holy calling upon your life? There's a holy calling for every one of us. He's he saved us and he's given us a holy calling. He's separated us for, to be holy and separate with a calling upon our lives. Every one of us as believers have a holy calling. Not according to our works, but according to his what? Own purpose. To his own purpose. He's called us for his purpose. You know, he has a purpose for each and every one of us as believers. He has a, he has a holy calling and he has a purpose. But listen to this. And Grace, that's unmerited, undeserved, unearned favor upon your life, which was given to us in Christ Jesus, right? Don't miss this. So you won't have any of this unless you're in Christ Jesus. But don't miss this part, guys. When did it all happen? Before what? Before time, began. Before time even began, before he even created time itself. In his mind, he already knew you. He had a calling upon your life. He has a purpose for your life before he even started the clocks in the world. He knew you before time began with a holy calling. My question to you, do you know your holy calling? Do you know the purpose he has you here? He knows, and it's not a secret. He wants to show you what that is. He wants you. And it starts when you separate yourself to God through Jesus Christ. That's when it starts. I was When I was in the world and and doing all that I was doing, craziness, and though I had just about everything the world had to offer, I was miserable. Why? Because I wasn't in Christ Jesus, and I didn't have a clue what my purpose was on this earth. I had no real direction. When I accepted Christ, I realized what I was called to do. It took time but he revealed it to me step by step. There's a blessing attached when you separate yourself to him. Amen? Amen. Let's go to the next verse. I wanted to spend more time in verse four because there was so much there. So we're gonna go through these next few verses pretty quickly. Okay, so Babylon will be judged. He calls his people, come out of her. Lest you partake of her sins. Lest you partake of her judgment. Get out from there. For her sins have reached to what? Heaven. And God has remembered her iniquities. This is very interesting. If you, really, if you look at that word in the original language, that word reach, it means to cement, but it also means to heap up. So cement and heap up. And it's a picture of bricks being stacked up to make a building. Does that ring a bell in it to you? Remember Genesis 11, Babylon, there was the Tower of Babel. What did they use? They used bricks and they used asphalt to put the bricks together to stack. Remember they wanted to stack them up to reach to heaven? They wanted this tower to reach to heaven, right? Well, the tower never reached heaven, but their sins reached to heaven. said, <laughs> you tried to reach me in your own way. It doesn't work. I called you out to repent. You're not repenting, but your sin is being stacked up, stacked up, stacked up, stacked up. And the only way to... To remove that sin is through Jesus. You see, God has remembered her iniquities. Why? Because her sin keeps stacking up. She didn't do anything with her sin. She didn't give it to the Lord. She didn't repent. She didn't turn. She didn't change her mind to to do what God wanted to do. And my question to you, has God remembered your sins or iniquities? If you're a believer, you should know this. You should say, no, he doesn't remember. It's part of our new covenant, right? In Jeremiah 31, remember this? Jeremiah 31, it says, No more shall every man teach his neighbor, and every man his brother say, Know the Lord, for they all shall... Can we say that together? That's relationship. They should all know me. From the least of them to the greatest of them, says the Lord, for I will what? Forgive their iniquities, and their sins I will... I will remember... No more. Does God have an amnesia? No. This is part of the new covenant. When we give our life to Christ, he he takes away our sins. He removes it. It's not that he he doesn't remember. He chooses not to. He puts it behind and says, I'm not going to remember your sin anymore. And that sin is taken away. But if you don't accept Christ, we just read, your sins will be remembered. I pray that God takes a bulldozer to your sin with Jesus and just smashes up all that sin and he'll remember it no more if you give your life to Christ. Interesting though, the iniquities means offenses against God or evil, sins mean missing the mark or our failures, but that's part of the new covenant. He will remember our sins no more. Your sins and your iniquities I will remember no more. Amen? So render to her just as she rendered to you, repay her double, don't miss that, according to her works, in the cup which she has mixed, mixed how much? double for her. You know in the law in Exodus chapter 22 that for someone that steals they're to repay double. So most likely her wealth and all that she has is through dishonest dealings. And the measure that she glorifies herself and lives luxuriously in the same measure give her, can we say that together? Torment and sorrow. For she says in her heart, I sit as queen and I am no widow and I will see no sorrow. Does that sound prideful to you? She says, I'm royalty. I won't suffer anything. No sorrow. That's prideful. We live in a very affluent area here. And sometimes wealth can give someone a, a false sense of, of security. Like, I'm okay. Look at I'm doing so well. I'm so prosperous. And I don't need God. And that's pride. We all need God. Your wealth won't save you. Only Jesus Christ can save you. It doesn't mean, you know, some people, you know, they teach that, you know, being rich is evil. No, that doesn't say that. The Bible doesn't say that. It says the love of money is the root of all evil, right? It's the love for it. If it's your God, then there's a problem. But pride, God hates pride. And we have to keep ourselves in check. I, I remember as a baby Christian, just, you know, I don't know, weeks old, maybe a month old or two in the Lord. And. I remember I was working outside in the front of my house, and I bought a new home and in the corporate world. And I looked in my driveway, and I had a company vehicle sitting there. And I I just remember looking at that and looking at my vehicle. And in my mind, this is what I thought, which is terrible. I thought, wow, I really did good for myself. And immediately, I'm thinking, where did that come from? And then immediately, I said, Lord, I can do nothing apart from you. Every good and perfect gift comes from you, God. Thank you. And we have to. Recognize pride. We have to repent. We have to, you know, we have to give pride to the Lord. Pride is ugly. That's what caused Satan to. He was Lucifer. It, it caused Lucifer to be thrown out of heaven. Do you know that? Remember, he had an eye problem. Remember, I, 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 I will be like the Most High. I will set my throne above the Most High. I, I, I. Remember, many years ago, we, we had a a gentleman we were trying out as an intern pastor and just to see if the hand of the Lord was upon his life and all. And, and so we, we told him what kind of duties he was to do. And, and so part of the duties is janitorial. And so, you know, we'd explain, you know, minister means servant, that's what we do, we, we serve. And so you need to do janitorial, clean toilets. And he goes, are you kidding me? He goes, clean toilets? He goes, can't we pay someone to do that? And I says, no, that's ministers. I did it at Calvary Costa Mesa. That's what I did. You know, I love doing janitorial work. It's what we do. And he's like, he's like well, I'll pay for it. What if I pay for it? Well, you guys, you know, and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like no, it doesn't work that way. Beware of pride. He didn't make it very long after that. So he's, <laughs> Even in our scripture readings uh, uh, in verse 13, Psalm, Psalm 19, 13, it says, keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. The word presumptuous, it, it, it has a, a meaning of pride and arrogance. It's presuming you know better. It's presuming, it's that pridefulness. It's presuming that you can do things without God. Keep back your servant from these prideful sins, from presuming, pers- uh, pr- presuming that I, I can do it without you, Lord. So we, we see this ugliness, this pride in this system, it's it's anti God, it's anti the true and living God. But it, but also we see she's being judged for all this, this pride. And it, we see that during that time, there's going to be this this wicked government that's going to take over. There's going to be uh, big government because as she's has you know that's it's going to be a one world government. And my question is, do we see more and more government control in the world? <laughs> You think so? You guys see this? Medical drones, listen to this, deployed over Italy's beaches searching for feverish people. So Italian uh, media says there's, it's called a so-called medical drones. They hover over the beaches. There in the neighborhood of Rome on Saturdays and Sundays, using thermal optic sensors to measure beachgoers' temperatures to identify those who may be infected with COVID 19. Interesting. That's not big government, is it? How about this? Biden launches federal efforts to respond to Texas law as he faces pressure to protect. Abortions. Okay, how many people know? We talked about this last week about the Texas law that they just passed. Isn't it awesome? Okay, Texas, they passed in Texas the law that we talked about it last week that saves the unborn. If the child has a heartbeat, you cannot abort that child. Well, they went as far even to say if you know someone that's doing abortions, after the heartbeat, they can be held response. So citizens can go in and report that. They have a website to report that, right? So listen what Biden what Biden said. Listen to this. Biden said he, he, that he was launching a wh- whole of government effort to respond to this law. He's saying that the, he's going to take his Department of Health, Human Services, and the Justice Department to see what steps that the federal government can take to ensure that women in Texas have access to safe and legal abortions. Boo. He said the effort would be led from within the White House. So he's not happy about that. How about this? Can parents lose custody of children if they don't get the the COVID-19 vaccine? Fox News. Attorneys agree that if a child is immune compromised, a judge may order a parent to get vaccinated if the issue is presented at court. Big government, big tech. We see anything problem with big tech? I don't know anything. Well, how about this one? GoDaddy, um, Deep Platforms, Texas Right to Life website that lets people that let people report violations of the new Texas pro-life law. So they had a website that you could report if somebody's uh, breaking the law when it comes to abortions. Well, GoDaddy, who hosts it, says, Nope, you've got 24 hours to get a new host. We're not hosting you. Does our vote count? Yes. Well. Charles Finney thought so. The great preacher of the 1800s, he was actually the leader in the Second Great Awakening in the United States. He says the time has come, this is in the 1800s, that Christians must vote for honest men and take consistent ground in politics or or the Lord will curse them, wow. Christians have been exceedingly guilty in this matter, but the time has come when they must act, can you say that together? Differently, Christians seem to act as if, as if they thought God did not see what they did in politics. But I tell you, He does see it, and He will bless or curse this nation according to the course the Christian takes in what politics. politics. A fiery preacher that was used mightily for the second great awakening in the United States. He thinks the vote counts. Let's close with this last verse verse 8 it says therefore her plagues will come in one day death and mourning and famine and she will be utterly burned with what for strong is the Lord God who judges her she will be judged wickedness will not prevail evil will not prevail because God is strong who will judge her as we close Babylon's judgment the system will be judged God will make things right Jesus Christ will come back. The only way to escape judgment is through Jesus. My question to you, have you put your trust in him? If not, today is the day. Turn to him today. Hi, this is Pastor Joe, and I'd like to take a moment to personally invite you to one of our three services here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor in Huntington Beach. Our service times are 9 a.m., 1045 a.m., and 1230 p.m., Please come and say hi after the service. I would love to meet you. For more information, check out our website at ccoth.com. That's ccoth.com. Hopefully, we'll see you here later today. God bless
0: you. You have been listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick and Outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peters Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.